I believe that the most successful ingredient brands are the ones that are most consistent in executing their strategy. Welcome to Hero Inside, the ingredient branding podcast with Tomas Vucurovic. In each episode, Tomas will draw from his vast experience as the go-to global ingredient branding expert and will discuss this subject with visionaries and pioneers in the field. How do you go from the zero position as a supplier of a new ingredient to the hero position in demand around the world? Let's find out. out. Most of the time, well-known brands and retailers steal the show. They are the big names that advertise and capture the attention and desires of consumers. But they're also ingredients, the presence of which levels up the products they are in. If you've ever shopped for Gore-Tex hiking boots, for jewelry made of Swarovski crystals, or a computer with an Intel processor, well, then you've sought out a hero ingredient, which can be decisive for consumers in buying products that include them. This inclusion acts as a seal of quality, whichever manufacturer happens to make the product, including it. Ingredient branding is about bringing these key ingredients into the spotlight. This podcast will be hosted by Tomas Vucurovic, who is arguably the world's most influential global ingredient branding expert. But to kick off this new podcast, in this special episode, I'll be interviewing him. Tomas has over 40,000 hours of experience. Half of his career was as global brand manager for Gore-Tex. The other half was as the founder and managing director of Brained, a brand strategy consultancy focused exclusively on ingredient branding. He has guided more than 70 projects, helping companies to get more value out of their innovations by transforming them from the zero position as a supplier into the hero position as an ingredient brand that consumers seek. Tomas, welcome. Let's begin with the basics. What is ingredient branding? And can you give us maybe a few prominent examples to help us better understand what it is? Thank you, Noah, for your wonderful introduction and also very warm welcome to all our listeners. I'm really proud that we are launching this podcast um, today because for over 20 years, I'm campaigning for ingredient branding to get the attention it deserves. So this new podcast is kind of the first and only one that deals exclusively with ingredient branding and is intended to become another piece in our toolbox to make this brand model uh, even more popular. But to answer your question, if we consider ChatGBT or Google, then ingredient branding refers to a marketing strategy where a specific component or ingredient used in certain products is giving its own identity. This approach highlights the significance of the ingredient and aims to establish brand recognition, increase the perceived value, and create a preferred consumer association with that ingredient. And undoubtedly, the most frequently mentioned ingredient brand is Intel, which first emerged in 1991 through a major media campaign called Intel Inside. Other prominent examples, of course, include brands like Gore-Tex, Bose, Dolby, Shimano, Teflon, Tetra Pak, NutraSweet, or Swarovski Crystals. So all recognizable household names in a wide range of industries. 
However, at Brand, we provide a more specific definition. For us, ingredient branding is a brand and business model that is dedicated to help companies create more value from their innovation by making them a relevant component. And that enables companies to raise above that traditional status of a supplier and establish more of a partnership with their clients on eye level. The ultimate objective so for the ingredient brand is to positively influence the buying decision of the finished product in which it is processed. And if you, if you do that right, then you create an advantage for all market participants involved. So not only for yourself, for your ingredient, but also for the brand that is using your material and also the distribution, the retailer that sell those products. So the ideal outcome of a good ingredient brand strategy is a triple win scenario. Now that's very inspiring because I have this sense that ingredient inventors are too often trapped in a weak position as the supplier. And you've described your mission as helping inventors realize fair value for their innovations. So why is it that ingredient inventors are so often in this position of weakness and what can branding do to help? Well, if you are a generic supplier of a particular material or technology, your specific contribution to the finished product is unknown to the consumer or end customer. Because in ingredient branding, it doesn't need to be always a consumer involved. It could also be an industrial um, customer. But your ingredient might just be that one thing that makes these products stand out or help them to really differentiate from others. So the brands and retailers, they hold the power because they attract and own uh, the audience. And as long as you know, your solution, your technology is unique, that's okay. But if competitors are offering a similar or identical technology, they will quickly trap you. And then you will find yourself in this vicious circle of pricing pressure and unfavorable terms set by your customers. This again puts significant strain on your profit margin and threatens the quality of your business in general. So the concept of ingredient branding is to build awareness and preference for your component or material and make your value proposition known and convert it into a brand promise that is attractive to the end user. So ultimately, you build your own audience, ideally even a fan base, that insists on your ingredient when they shop. Now, we've dived in the deep end here, but I'd like to go back to the beginning a little bit. Can you tell me when and why did you start thinking about ingredient branding all the way back in the earlier days of your career? Well, it obviously started in 2001 when I was appointed Global Brand Manager for Gore-Tex, I was already a big fan of the brand before. So I immediately had to get deeply involved um, in ingredient branding. And over the course of almost 10 years in that role, I gained a deep understanding of this brand model, very much through amazing colleagues at WL Gore, but also through other initiatives, such as benchmarking groups with other well-known ingredient brands. So we met companies like 3M, Intel, Tetra Pak, or Swarovski. Additionally, I also had a quite lively exchange with the academic community. So professors, book authors, students, and also brand consultants. So when I decided to start my own business, 
I thought it was a shame to lose this knowledge inventory. And at the same time, first client requests came in. So the path was somehow mapped out. And when you first began as an ingredient branding specialist, what was the landscape like? Because these days I hear about ingredient branding, but it wasn't a uh, concept of ingredient branding perhaps wasn't as branded back when you first began. So what was the landscape like in the earlier days? When I look back and with today's knowledge, I would say it was the time of the performance-driven first-generation ingredient brands, as I call them in my generational model. I think we could also refer to that as the DuPont model, because nylon, introduced by DuPont in 1938, was clearly the first genuine ingredient brand. Although, interestingly, it was never registered as a trademark. Uh -huh. um, other brands from the DuPont cosmos followed, such as Cordura, Teflon or Lycra. And many American European companies, mainly from the chemical industry, joined in. As mentioned, 3M, Dow Corning, BISF, Bayer, or DSM. And brands such as Polatec, Primalove, Velcro, or Scotchgard were established. So these first generation ingredient brands relied heavily on proprietary innovation, often patent protected that advanced the performance of the finished product in which they were incorporated. So their mission was really to make their customers' products better. So you mentioned already Brained, which is your own consultancy for ingredient branding that you began in 2011. Um, over the course of running your own consultancy, so if we look for the time after your time at Gore-Tex, what has changed in that period? Oh, a lot. It, it massively changed. So on the one hand, of course, it is becoming increasingly difficult to develop a new-to-the-world technology. I mean, if you are lucky and you really find something that nobody else has, you can still apply the first-generation model. But the biggest change we see is the move towards greater sustainability and a circular economy. So brands and retailers have suddenly identified a whole new set of needs it is not necessarily about bringing products to market that perform better, but, but products that have a better environmental footprint. And that is where what we call the next generation ingredient brands came in. This second generation beginning to address environmental issues by, for example, recycling specific waste streams or making products in general more sustainable. So in this way, these second generation ingredient brands are helping their customers to better achieve their sustainability goals. So in many cases, the performance is moving from a point of differentiation to a point of parity. But you still need to match the performance of the materials you are trying to replace. Because we also know that from consumer research and feedback, even though people want more sustainable products, they don't want to necessarily compromise on the quality that they are used to by the materials, for example, based on fossil fuels. Hmm. So Brained, the name of the company, combines brain and brand. Um, was it difficult to establish and how was it initially received? Yeah, it also incorporates the word ingredient. So it mm -hmm. incorporates the word brand and mix it with the word ingredient. And yeah, it was difficult. I mean, leaving a corporate career to start your own business is always a risk. And many people warned me that this is a niche, that this niche is too small. And I also at the beginning had to learn 
which clients will be the right fit for us. At Brain, we do high-precision consulting, and in every project, we want to really get the absolute best result for our clients. There is no copy-paste. We are not taking out the blueprint from the previous project and try to uh, copy that uh, for the next client. So we don't like to compromise, and, and sometimes you have to push the boundaries to get to an excellent result. And that means you need, on the other side, people at the client who are able to make really strategic decisions and implement transformational change in their businesses. So clients who have a vision on one side and also the stamina to make it a reality because it is very demanding and it also takes time uh, to build a brand. So I would say our typical clients tend to be small to medium-sized privately owned companies or companies with a management that is really 100% empowered to implement the necessary measures. So post-Gore-Tex, what was your first ingredient branding success? Well, I would say our initial projects were primarily with established ingredient brands coming um, from uh, my personal network. And Primaloft was our first client at the end of 2011. And for sure, it is gratifying to see the tremendous success the brand has enjoyed since then. But I was also very fortunate to collaborate with the Italian company Aquafil in the early years of Brand, And we advised them on the formation and launch of, of their Econil brand, which a few years ago was recognized by the UK Business Vogue as fashion's most favorable sustainable material. So for me, it is success that we have been able to contribute to the creation of new ingredient brands, not only Econil, but in the course of, of my company now a, a few more, and that we are not just serving established brands. So I'm also very grateful to Giulio Bonazzi, the CEO of Aquafilm, for accepting my invitation uh, to be the first guest on the Hero Inside Ingredient Brand Podcast. So in the next episode, you will get to know him and learn uh, and listen to him and the success he has created with his company over the last 10 years. Great, I'll look forward to that. Okay, here, here's a, a, a random question for you, but imagine there's a hall of fame of ingredients. Uh, what would you consider among the most successful ingredient brands of all time? Well, when I reflect what our customers say, uh, in all these cases over over these years, I would say nine times out of 10, I hear that they say, we want to be like Intel or we want to become the Gore-Tex in our industry. And I've already mentioned many other successful ingredient brands in the course of our discussion. So let me answer the question in a, in a little bit different way. I believe that the most successful ingredient brands are the ones that are most consistent in executing their strategy. Because you can't do a little bit of ingredient branding. Um, when I walk around trade shows or conferences, I often hear exhibitors claim that they are ingredient brands. But it's not enough just to say that or offer nicely designed labels. You also must create real demand for your ingredient so that this triple win for all market participants is truly felt. Otherwise, you will be out in a season or two. So there is no guarantee for success. And even well-known ingredient brands can't stand still and need to constantly 
develop further and I hope we will also discuss that with some of the established players in the market because if you look at a brand like Intel who was tremendously successful with desktop computers and laptop they're now facing a total new situation with the mobile industry and I haven't seen recently a mobile phone with an Intel inside sticker on so you need to bring your ingredient brand model into a new reality. So we've talked about some of the really big guns, the really famous ingredient brands, but can you tell me about an ingredient brand that impresses you as a product, but which you didn't feel got the branding exposure it deserved? Well, for me, there can only be one name, and that's Gorilla Glass. Hmm. Have you heard about Gorilla I, Glass? I, I think my phone is Gorilla Glass on the front. Is that right? It's very likely to be, or now it's maybe also from one of the competitors uh -huh. that uh, now offer similar or same technology, which is why you do ingredient branding in the first place, right? <laughs> so with Gorilla Glass, I think Dow Corning has changed the way mankind communicates forever. Without Gorilla Glass, they there would have been no iPhone. So no touch, no swipe. But Steve Jobs at that time probably did not allow any ingredient branding or reversely, the company was not either able or interested in implementing a consistent ingredient brand strategy. So if I look today at Apple's profit and share value and consider the fact that this is mainly built on the success of the iPhone, then one might ask whether Dow Corning has received the fair value for its innovation contribution as a supplier to this new way of communication. So looking ahead into the future, what are some ingredient brands that you think have strong potential but haven't fulfilled it yet? Well, coming very much from the fabrics and fiber and textile um, industry, I'm always very pleased when companies prove that ingredient branding can work in all industries. So we wrote a white paper on e-mobility a few years ago, and we really like the success that Bosch and, and other um, companies have achieved with the propulsion systems uh, for e-bikes. Mm -hmm. Also, how they expanded from the engine or from the propulsion system into the UX, for example, through displays and, and apps. Um, another great example is uh, Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods, who have managed to get iconic restaurant brands like McDonald's or Burger King to co-brand the core of their products, the burger patties. I mean, nobody would have thought this possible 10 years ago. And maybe the last major field uh, we see at the moment is so-called next-gen materials, where we also advise some clients such as Amsilk um, or Bust Fiber Tech. There, for example, we admire the work of Natural Fiber Welding. That's a company that has really built up a strong ingredient brand position in a very short period of time. And I think one of the success reasons is that they are doing this very consistently and that they are also taking a firm position against, um, let's say, the the plastic industry or the fossil fuel based industry and they're communicating really on the edge of uh, what can be said and uh, that resonates uh, with people. What subject do you feel is neglected or rather needs more attention from an ingredient brand perspective? It's clearly about collaborations. Uh, the problems associated with the climate crisis, the circular economy and the more regenerative future 
are so big that no one company can solve them alone. Um, the Boston Consulting Group, for example, predicts a material gap of 130 million tons of next-gen fibers for the textile industry by 2030 and says the materials are the key to the castle. So if we do ingredient branding right, we will be the key makers for many of those ingredients. So there is a huge opportunity for manufacturers of sustainable and regenerative materials. However, these materials need to be scaled up quickly and integrated into existing manufacturing infrastructures. Because if you build huge greenfield uh, new plants for next-gen materials that come out in smaller quantities, I don't think that this is very regenerative by itself. So if you have the possibility to incorporate brownfield manufacturing, use existing facilities, I believe you also can deliver a more holistic uh, contribution. And uh, this demand will require a mindset shift away from the competitive thinking of the linear economy towards greater collaboration and shared solutions between, on one side, the startups that invent next-gen materials, and on the other side, the established players who have the capacity and the know-how to manufacture them in large volumes. However, the problem we see with this increased amount of collaboration is that many brands rush head over heels into all kinds of collaborations without having an obvious strategy of what this means for their own brand and its positioning. In preparation for this interview, I did a lot of research and it's clear that you are the go-to global ingredient branding expert. So why did you decide to start a podcast? I think I've gained a wealth of knowledge and experience in my over 20 years in that industry, largely also thanks to the valuable input of my clients. And recently, the last couple of years, more and more startups are coming to us and are looking for guidance. And with the Brandery, we have launched the first masterclass on ingredient branding where startups can, guided by us, develop their own ingredient brands versus us delivering the solution for them. That's also a style that startups prefer to do it by themselves or to do it collectively um, with others. This ingredient brand now know-how is often dated. Now it's either with the well-established brands, it's with the academia, or it's with consultants um, like me. So I feel it's time and important to give something back to the community. And launching this podcast is one way of doing that. If, if I can contribute to the success of more sustainable innovation through ingredient branding by sharing my own experiences and those of my guests, then I'm also kind of indirectly contributing to a better future for my daughter and all the children of the world. So we already mentioned Brained as your consulting firm, but you just mentioned Braindery. Can you tell us just a little bit about what that is? Yeah, the Braindery is our educational platform, and we clearly want to separate our consulting business on one side and the community work we are doing through our masterclass and our podcast. And as you know, uh, a Braindery in, in the definition is something like a um, college, like a community college where people can go and learn and get educated. And that's also our, uh, the principal idea um, behind the Braindery. What's the website of the Braindery for those interested? 
Oh, it's uh, very easy. It's braindery.com. Okay. And last question for you, Thomas. Um, what can we expect in season one of your podcast? I guess we will introduce the audience to great, passionate, visionary brand makers who have set out to develop and establish incredible ingredient brands against all odds. You know, it's really not easy to build an ingredient brand. And I believe um, they will also share that experience. I heard a quote, and we will probably hear it again in, in one of the episodes. If I would have known at the beginning what's ahead of me, I would probably never started that journey. So as already mentioned, Giulio Bonazzi will be my first guest. Uh, and in the following episodes, uh, we will look at the first regenerative ingredient brand, which I think is also highly inspiring. It's a startup from Canada. But we will also get the makers of the more established ingredient brands in front of the microphone, but always with the aim that the community can learn from their experiences, their successes, but also from their difficulties and, and challenges. So please, if, as we make this offer to the community, it's also on the community to help us to make this podcast successful. So subscribe to our channel, share, leave your comments and help us to establish the first ingredient brand podcast. This promises to be a great podcast. Tomas is going to be hosting these incredibly interesting and successful influencers in the ingredient branding world. And I'll look forward to subscribing and catching all the episodes. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you very much, Noah, for taking the time and supporting me in this episode zero of the Hero Inside podcast. This has been an episode of Hero Inside, the ingredient branding podcast with Tomas Vucurovic. Each episode features stories and wisdom from game-changing creators and the shapers of the world's most exciting and influential ingredient brands. To learn more about ingredient branding and Tomas's work, visit brained.co. That's B-R-A-I-N-D dot C-O. Until next time, 